Hey, welcome to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode 10. I am a successful educator today, but the outlook for me wasn't so great when I first started school. I was a struggling learner. Even though everyone thought of me as like this smart, sweet little girl, I was a struggling learner. But my family and some really great teachers appreciated my learning differences And that changed the course that my life has taken. Stick around to hear how this early experience drives me today. Hey, I'm Jessica Curtis of Everyday Teaching Adventures. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. I hope you stick around. So if you don't already know this about me, I'm dyslexic. And early in my education, I was a struggling learner. I can remember looking around at the other kids in the classroom and wondering why they could do something so easily, but I had no idea where even to begin. But you see, I was fortunate. My mom recognized that I was intelligent and should be able to do all those things that the other kids could do. There was something just different about the way that I was learning. She sought out and enrolled me in this special tutoring thing to help get me the help that I needed. And at that time, the schools weren't really recognizing dyslexia as a thing. So the schools weren't really willing to provide the help that I needed at that time. So the tutors who worked with me encouraged me to work hard. And they taught me that, yeah, it was difficult what I was trying to do, you know, learning to read, but that I could learn. If I kept working at it, I could read. That lesson was, has been invaluable to me. And it has stuck with me as I've worked with so many students over my career. Every student can learn if we give them the correct supports. I believe that the first step in working with struggling learners, it is an assessment. It's appreciation. Teachers don't need a specific test to know that a student is struggling, and neither does the student. We know. We know when a kid is struggling. They know. They are well aware of their weaknesses. We can and will get into the specifics of the weaknesses soon enough But before we get into that, we got to learn to appreciate the differences. The first thing that I think that we need to do is appreciate the differences that the struggling student has. That means focusing on what does the student enjoy doing and what are they good at. A lot of times this gives us valuable information about the ways that the student learns best. Does a student have a strength in music? Use the music to help him learn letter sounds. Does a student have a strength in art? Use it to help her write her letters correctly. Does the student flourish in group settings? 
Use that. We can use this to help them. The strengths that a struggling learner brings to the table are so helpful in figuring out what we can do to help them learn best. It is imperative that we identify the strengths that the student has and teach them how they can use those strengths to accomplish whatever it is they need to accomplish to be successful. So many times the students get all the way to high school even, thinking that they're horrible in school and there's just no way that they're ever going to learn. They honestly don't think that they can. But they have talents outside the classroom which could be helpful if we applied those talents, those strengths to their academics. Students often aren't going to make those connections on their own because they just, they don't, they don't know how to make those connections. They don't know how to use their strengths to bolster up their weaknesses. So we have to help them. We have to teach them. In my summer reading, I came across a book called The Gift of Dyslexia. I'll put a link to it um, in the show notes uh, for more information if you want to look at that. While I don't agree with everything the author writes, what I do appreciate is that it is clearly written by a fellow dyslexic who's asking to be understood and appreciated. Isn't that all any of us want, really? Imagine what teachers could do if we were actually appreciated by society. Now imagine what students could do if their gifts were, you know, appreciated and used, rather than the focus only being on their weaknesses. I believe that we're really missing out on a gold mine of supports that students could provide for themselves by not teaching students to appreciate their differences and how to use those differences to be successful. So where do we start? You can start with interest inventories or discussing the way that students learn best. I really enjoyed teaching lessons focused on different learning modalities. Like I would do a lesson that really focused on the visual learning aspect or auditory or kinesthetic. And really after the lesson, break down for the students how that learning or activity changed based on the modality that I was focusing on. And then after, you know, having the students experience different learning modalities, they started to be able to tell me which one they preferred and eventually which one they learned the most from. That is huge. Giving them that, that strength, that, that ability to figure out what's best for them. Another way to appreciate and teach students to appreciate their own differences is to have the students list their strengths and brainstorm different ways that those strengths could be used to help them build up areas where they're weak. Don't list the weaknesses. Please don't list the weaknesses. We are all too aware of our own weaknesses, aren't we? Nobody needs that list. Not to mention that's super depressing and we just don't need to do that to ourselves. But list those strengths. Goodness knows our struggling learners really, really, really need that list to help keep them going and motivated and help them to learn to review that list and to go back to it and add it 
add to it when they find more strengths and they find more things that they're good at. And maybe because they practiced and they learned, maybe a weakness goes into the strengths category eventually. They need that. They need that list of strengths. I mean, heck, I need that list of strengths sometimes. Also, once you see an area where a student feels strong, point it out to them as much as possible, especially how they use their strength to accomplish something outside their strength area. For example, if the student is good at music, notice how they use the rhythm or or the beat to learn math facts or to spell a difficult word. If you point out to them how they use their strength in a unique way, it encourages them to keep finding new ways to use that strength to their advantage. The more that we encourage that, the more that they will start to think of new and better ways to use their strengths. And that's what we want down the road, isn't it? We want them to independently use their strengths to bolster up those weak areas. You know that student who's struggling horribly in the classroom, but when you think about them out like on the basketball court or in music class, they're just amazing. How can you use that that strength, that awesomeness to help them find success in your classroom. And I mean real academic success. Not, I'm not talking about you, you set up a, a basketball game and, you know, after the kids answer questions, they get to throw things into a little basketball hoop into the trash can. I'm talking about how can you use what they're really good at to teach them to be better or even really good at something in your classroom. It's hard. It's it's not easy. But we can do it. And especially if we can get that buy-in from the kids of how they're using their strengths to bolster up those weak areas, oh man, the things that they can accomplish. I've made a freebie. And I'll link it again. I'll link it in the blog post that's attached to this, you know, podcast episode. Um, But I've used it a few times as a starting point for appreciating the differences in my learners. There's a few different levels provided so that it can be used with different age or ability level groups. There's a digital option if you need that due to distance learning because, you know, who knows where anybody's going to be. Or if you'd like to send it ahead of the school year starting, uh, that way you can start appreciating and planning for those learning differences before the first day of school, please go for it. I hope you try it out in your classroom and let me know how it goes. Thank you for listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast. This is episode 10. Please leave a comment, send me a message, or let me know how you like the show. I'd love it if you left a rating for the podcast on iTunes. That helps others find the podcast, and you never know when you'll be my listener shout out. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your summer relaxing, and your immune system boosted.